Sporting dog adventures run. That boy, run. was awesome. Everything you Good need boy. is here. here under the sun. Everything you need is here under the sun. The Sporting Dog Adventures podcast is proudly brought to you by Saki Acres Retrievers. Whether you're looking for a black, yellow, or chocolate Labrador Retriever puppy, please check out our website for more information at www.sakiacres.com. You can also email Jeff at sportingdogtv at gmail.com or call 262-215-9683. And remember, everyone deserves a Soggy Dog. It's Jeff Fuller from the Sporting Dog Adventures podcast, and I need a little help. Please stop what you're doing and give us a five-star rating. Follow us on the platform you're on. Give us a thumbs up. And above all, share our podcast with your friends and family. Our podcast will grow even more, and we can get more people involved in the sport we love with dogs in the field. Welcome to the Sporting Dog Adventures podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Fuller from soggy acres retrievers we finally have some artwork up behind us we're in our new home new kennels and process being built kind of a fun new adventure and chapter for our family and our lives also for the dogs we are no longer going to be training hunting dogs but we're still going to jump headlong into obedience we're still doing puppies of all three colors black yellow and chocolate and it's just going to be fun to have this chapter of my life and my family's life move to this new property and our new business model. On today's show, we're going to have an overarching theme, and that is going to be the level of consistency that we have, whether it's in training, our feeding, our program for having dogs ready for hunts, puppy training, and then handling in the field. But first up, I wanted to talk to you about consistency with your dog now that we're into hunting season. I try to be very consistent in my feeding regimen and my, I guess, how I set up my morning when I'm taking my dogs out for hunts. There are a lot of people that do not feed their dogs prior to hunt because they worry about bloat, turn stomach, and all of those things. Now, I will say I do feed my dog when we are on a hunt. And depending on what we're hunting or the quarry we're hunting for, that would depend, that, that would I guess, look at how I am doing my feeding. If I am going on a waterfall hunt and a dog eats three to three to four cups of food, I'll give them one cup of food in the morning. But with that said, I don't give them that food right before we go out. What I do is I have that food set up in the morning. I get up. First thing I do is feed the dog because we're talking early. I know people don't like to feed their dogs because they worry about having been fed and then going out hunting. But when you look at how early you get up in the morning and then multiply that out times when the dog is going to actually hit the field, you have more than enough time. When we look at upland hunting, you are looking at getting out sometimes two to three hours after daylight pops. When we're looking at waterfall, it's at daylight, but you're also having to get up earlier because of the fact that you have to get everything ready. So on a regular morning when I'm waterfall hunting, we'll get up at 4 a.m. Let's say that our hunt starts at 6.30. At 4.01 a.m., the dog's getting one cup of food. I don't feed them more than that. I try to have that so that they have a little bit to go on in the morning. I know that there is a train of thought that you don't feed dogs at all or feed them in the morning or feed them once a day and feed them in the afternoon. 
Honestly, I understand that and I understand that there's some science behind it. The other thing I look at though is I don't want a dog to have blood sugar issues and maybe even personalizing it from a human standpoint, I like to eat in the morning. So I like to have the dog to have something in their stomach. With that said, one cup would be the max I would feed them. If I have a dog that like Memphis who only gets two cups a day, uh, one cup in the morning, one cup at night, I'd give her half a cup and then get, augment her, supplement her with extra food in the afternoon. When we look at foods for our dogs, a lot of folks out there will change the food for the fall. I don't. I stick at a 26% protein food, usually like a 12% fat. So an active adult type of food. And then what I will do is just supplement more on days that we hunt if the dog expends a lot of energy. I think that in the big scheme of things, if you're switching foods out and giving them different foods, you can have more gastric issues than if you're just giving them a little bit extra. When we look at foods, you can look at the kcals per cup, which is the calories in a cup of food. And you can go by that. If it, With the thought being, if you're looking at a performance food for the fall, how many kcals per cup? Usually it's 20% more. You could just feed your dog 20% more food. That's worked well for me, and I think it also helps when dogs get older. Dogs can run into the uh, run into having kidney issues as they get older and elder, and then you have to have a low protein food. A young dog, if you give them too high a protein, too high a fat, they can grow too fast and have joint plate issues. So again, I stick with that adult food that is an active adult food that we start at approximately six months of age, and then just supplement them with extra food from there forward. So having that consistent morning routine for my dogs is what is incredibly important. I want to have them out there. I want to have them have the same morning as close to I can on a hunt and then have them so that once we're in the field, they understand where it's at. Nothing different has been done. We're not going to have any gastric issues because that's what the dogs do. I take them out, make sure they go to the bathroom before we go on a hunt. Do all of that so that your hunting morning has structure just like your regular morning does. So that would be my tip for that. Now, we're going to talk about consistency and training and handling, which is also going to talk uh, end up hitting the same point about your time and consistency and your setting up your hunt. So this is going to be kind of a three-part series, but almost a full one part that will all kind of meld together. So stay tuned for our puppy tip next, as we're going to talk about the importance of consistency with your puppies and training and how that translates into their later years and their hunting in the field and their future training. All that and more coming up after this. kennels can be beautiful. That's the basis on which we built Hunden. We give you the opportunity to have a beautiful kennel that blends seamlessly with your home decor while providing a safe and comfortable respite for your dog. Visit Hunden.com to see all our custom selections and start building your dream custom doggy crate Denza. The Sporting Dog Adventures podcast is proudly sponsored by Trupanion.
medical insurance for the life of your pet. We all know that unexpected accidents can happen. That's why I partner with Trepanion's Breeder Support Program to send all my puppy buyers home from Soggy Acres with an offer for Trepanion coverage. Learn more about Trepanion and sign up for their Breeder Support Program by visiting trepanion.com breeder. Be sure to tell them that Sporting Dog Adventure sent you. Hey, welcome back to the show, Consistency and Puppy Training. My goodness, we have a puppy named Lacey. She's a Fox Red Labrador Retriever. And it is funny because even as a dog breeder and dog trainer, I have to listen to my own wisdom, I guess, that I try to give other people, whether it's on the podcast or to clients that are buying a puppy. And again, the overarching theme, consistency, what we are dealing with with Lacey. She is four months old. She has been potty trained-ish for a long time. We start to get away from crate training where she's in the crate and out of the crate for certain parts of the day. And what happens? We start to have accidents in the house. Then the accidents became a little more. So we went back to our consistency strategy with her with potty training. And now she's great again. It is just something where every dog is different. You have to read them. But the other thing is you have to be able to make sure that you're watching them and that they are consistent in their own behavior as well as with your behavior toward them. Why this is important, when you have a puppy like Lacey, she is not in formal training, but she is in training where she's under understanding expectations, positive and negative reinforcement, and that is going to lead into when she gets into her formal training once she's six months or older. We don't have an e-collar on her. We're not using a high negative response. It's more of telling her she's a bad dog if she does something bad, using my voice, but it's also remembering to give them praise. You can't just be all negative with, uh, with puppies. You have to give them a lot of praise, and your praise doesn't have to be a food reward. It is your voice inflection. Good dog. Sounds terrible. Good dog. The dog, the dog uh, eats it up. Standing with your arms crossed. Good dog is to the dog intimidating. Bending over slightly at the waist with an open posture, good girl, yay, is something that is inviting. Have that in mind when you're working with a dog or a puppy, especially a puppy, so that you are teaching them positive and negative reinforcement because those are the same cues that we're gonna use along with a higher level of negative reinforcement once we start doing e-collar, your trained retrieve and those things so that the dog is in a good mind frame. You have to read the dog. They're all different. You have to make sure they're in a good mind frame and you have to make sure that they understand what you're asking of them and that their actions are choosing positive or negative reinforcement. So those are what the are very important when you're working with your dog. And it is highly important to have this structure set so that they are happy in the field and they love their job. That is why when you can tell if a dog has been trained properly or has been with a great trainer, the dog will always be wagging their tail when they're out working. They love to work. They love to work for you. It's just harnessing that so that they understand that when they do things positive, the work is that much more fun. And eventually you're modifying their behavior so that they are picking the right choice. They're picking what you want them to as opposed to the negative consequence where they're not getting the praise and the adoration that you're giving them when they are doing something right.
So that is our puppy tip today. Next up, as we talk about consistency, we're going to talk about handling in the field as we get close to duck season and, and upland season starting. All that and more coming up after this. If you love the shooting sports like I do, you need to check out our friends at Mac Outdoors. They have fantastic products, whether you're looking at shot shell or metallic reloading, or you want to get yourself a clay thrower so you can practice up for the season. For more information, check out their website at MacOutdoors.com. Welcome to Boucher in Janesville, where customer service is our number one priority. Our customers come back to us because of the experience that we provide for them. We're here to make sure that we find you the right car, one that fits your budget, and do so in a timely manner. When we say we ride with you every mile, it means we care about you and how you are treated. Damos con personal que habla español en los departamentos de servicio y venta. Our certified technicians are here to help you with all your service needs. Visit us today at Boucher.com. At Boucher, we ride with you every mile. Hey, welcome back to the show. Consistency again. Yes, I know, broken record. But we want to make sure that we really pound this forward so everyone understands it. Consistency and how you're handling your dog. I know I've said it a million times on this podcast. Well, maybe not a million. We haven't had that many shows. But you want to make sure that you are a dog handler first and a hunter second. That thought process being you have to watch your dog. We don't want them to have things where they step out of bounds on their training and where they're doing stuff like breaking, uh, not bringing a bird all the way back, not listening, blowing off your casts or your, or your uh, recalls in the field. We have to make sure that we're consistent and correcting dogs the minute that they do something like this as opposed to waiting. This is why I'm not a huge fan of the warning tone, praise tone on e-collars. I look at that as the one more time little Johnny button. And that would be in a human standpoint when you have the, when you have the parents where they're one more time, Johnny, Johnny, one more time, one more time. Why give the dog that many chances when you can correct them to begin with and get a snappy response and then give them all praise. You'll have a happier dog in the field. They will run harder for you. With that also, Think of when you're handling your dog, you want to make sure that you have them under control, that if they step out of bounds, you can correct them. And if they have a persistent problem that you can't fix in the field with a correction, you're going to step back, take them out of the field and work with them in a training atmosphere so that you can again establish that positive and negative response. This is something that you don't see often handled by people with their dogs. In my opinion, probably at least 75% of people in the field just let their dog run wild. And then they get incredibly upset when the dog does things like on an upland hunt, take off after a bird and blow out the whole field where they don't get a shot, uh, where they break when birds are coming in or break on the shot and put themselves in danger. We get upset with the dog, but ultimately it's our handling that is the issue. And this is something everyone struggles with. You can go back and watch our TV show, Sporting Dog Adventures. It was such a struggle when you have cameras running, you have guides, you have guests, you have my kids, 
you have so many things going on and it was just a Herculean task to make sure that the dogs were running properly and at times did have issues where they would break. It was something that was a struggle throughout nine years of filming. And also the more you hunt, the more issues you can end up with. So keep that in mind. You need to correct things when it happens so that you're getting that consistency in your dog so that they run well in the field and make yourself a good handler while you're out in the field in a hunter second. It doesn't mean you don't practice your shooting though, because the dog will give you that dirty look of why didn't you practice, but we covered that in the last episode. Again, handler first, hunter second, be consistent in how you're handling your dog and remember to give them praise when they are doing things that you want them to do even on the hunt. That takes it. Uh, that takes us through this part of the uh, Sporting Dog Adventures podcast. We do want to thank you for listening to our show today. Thank you for being a loyal listener overall. We are the fastest growing podcast out there that is about dogs. We really enjoy putting on this podcast. Please give us your feedback. If you have questions you would like answered, sportingdogtv at gmail.com. We would love to make you part of the show. You can also support us through Anchor Support, where you can pledge a certain amount of money per month. That helps us greatly. And please support the sponsors that support our podcast. We'll be back next week. Thank you again. Have a great week and God bless. Sporting Dog Adventures, run, boy, run. Everything you need is here under the sun.